beautiful. I, uh, I want you to close your eyes with me real quick and, and turn to a moment of prayer. I was, uh, I was out for a run this week and came by uh, a nativity scene <laughs> out in someone's yard that kind of looked like the saddest nativity scene I'd ever seen because <laughs> nothing was in it. Uh, no animals, no Mary or Jesus. Uh, but I did see a sign, just one single sign outside of this nativity scene. Maybe you can picture it with me. And the sign said, vacancy. Vacancy. And I stopped, and I just felt like God was saying something there. And maybe you feel something there, too. Like, do I have vacancy in my heart for you right now, God? And so I just want to invite you, wherever you're coming in from this morning, I want to invite you to say that in your own words to God in this moment. I'm going to leave a, a moment of quiet to just say, God, I, I have room in my heart for you today. I have room in my heart for you this season. Tell that to him in your own words. So Jesus, we do invite you. And though it is mysterious, we trust that as you always do, you will show up. And today, together, we say our hearts have room for you. Would you come? Would you come? Amen. Thanks, y'all. Good morning. My name is DJ, if I haven't met you before. Uh, I'm a pastor of Compassion, Mercy, and Justice here and pastor of college and young adults as well. And indeed, I am very excited about the Argentinians' win this morning. So <laughs> apologies if you're French or, or we're going for France, but you guys won last year. So I think we deserve to celebrate a little bit this year. Um, it's, it was really fun watching that out in the courtyard. Um, if you're here for the first time, or if uh, maybe you haven't done this before, we would love to invite you to get more plugged in at our church. There's a lot of good stuff happening between Sunday to Sunday. And the way you do that is by simply looking at the program you got as you walked in. And if you haven't before, fill out the connection card, and that'll get you plugged into everything else that's happening throughout the week. Fill that out. You can put that in the box. Put a prayer request on there if you want to. You can put that in the boxes on your way out of the theater. Those are kind of on the doors or, or by the doors on your way out. Uh, another thing, I know a lot of people are wondering about what church is going to look like this next week with Christmas coming up and all that stuff. December 24th, I'm so pleased to invite you and to announce that we will be back at the Hilton Rotunda, what used to be the Fest Parker, now the Hilton. So we're gonna have church underneath the stars as we usually do. I think it's at uh, five or so. You guys can check the website, 5.30. Check the website on that. And I was told to tell you this, especially too, if, for those of you watching online who are planning on being there this next Saturday, make sure to go on and RSVP, not just for you personally, but for whoever is coming with you too. So if you're bringing guests out, go onto our website, oceanhills.org, and RSVP to that. You'll find all the details right there. December 25th, 
we are not going to be meeting here in the Luke. Uh, we're going to actually just be putting a nice little kind of online experience together for you that you can watch from the comfort of your own home with your family around the Christmas tree or something like that. And then January 1st, Christmas is, this time is weird this year because then January 1st comes a week later and New Year's Day, we also will not be in the Luke meeting that day. We are gonna be meeting in person, but that's over at 1002 Anacapa Street, our downtown church building. And that'll be a smaller, more intimate, but still super, super awesome service uh, that, that we'll be doing there. So count on coming there, and we'll have all this online, but count on coming there January 1st for those of you who are in town. Those are kind of the details of that. Uh, we do giving a little bit differently at this church. You'll probably notice there aren't baskets passed around and we don't put that too much in your face. And that's because we want giving to be a joyful thing here. We want giving to be something that flows naturally from our hearts. Um, and as I get to come up here and, and kind of invite you into this, I'm always reminded of like why I even do what I do and like what this is all about. So I thought I'd share that for a second. I was... Uh, reading this week and ran into a stat that kind of made me sad. Uh, Gen Z, which is to say anybody born after 1996, amongst Gen Z, uh, a reported 70% of them uh, feel loneliness on a regular basis, or they report feeling lonely on a regular basis. And about the same percentage, about 70%, say that they don't have anybody in their life that truly knows them. It's kind of staggering. And I thought... Uh, we at this church, we're in the business of doing God's work. And one of the biggest thing God wants to do in this world is to tell you that you're not alone, not just to tell you, but to how you experience that. And it's been a joy these past few months, getting to lead the young adults in retreats and in trips and events and stuff, and to see them encountering God's love in a personal way. And to hear several people say, I've never experienced church like this before where my questions are welcome, where my doubts are welcome, where I can talk about the pain in my life and I'm not gonna be pushed away for it. I'm gonna be brought closer in. And there's just a special thing happening. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful we're creating a community together where people my age and, and young people can feel like they're part of a family, even if family's not here in Santa Barbara for them. So thank you, church, for being a part of that. And thank you for giving towards that cause too, where people don't have to feel as lonely being a part of this community. It's such a joy to watch from where I get to sit each week. Um, I mentioned the Connect card. I, I mentioned giving. Giving, by the way, can be done easily behind me. If you like checks or if, if that's your style, we also have those boxes in back. Feel free to do that there. And um, I would also say uh, it's a great time to give given that it's the end of the year and those gifts can be done online too if that's easier for you. Okay, lastly, before I have John come up, first of all, kids K through 12, you're all gonna be out today, so you can start to do that. And for the rest of y'all, I want you to stand up, actually, adults included, stand up. And for the next 60 seconds, I'm not gonna make you do this for the rest of the morning, but for the next 60 seconds, turn to somebody around you and share with them what's a gift you're really excited to receive for Christmas? Or what's the one gift you would really want to receive for Christmas? So do that while John comes up. Thanks, y'all. Um, I'm looking at the... Oh, perfect. Hey, great job.
All right, all right. Have a seat. Great to connect. Sorry if you didn't have enough time, but better to have not enough time than stand there awkwardly with too much time. <laughs> oh, I'm so curious what some of those answers were. Hey, this morning we are continuing this series, Light in the Darkness, and we're walking through Isaiah chapter 9. And this morning, I am excited to share with you what I believe are two gifts that God wants to give every one of us this Advent and Christmas season. And that's why we had you talk about that question, to think about, oftentimes we think about material things as gifts that we want to receive. But have you ever considered receiving the spiritual gift? You know, love is spiritual. I can't show you, you know, three pounds or three yards of love, but it's real, isn't it? Just like hate is real, just like peace is real. We can't measure it, we can't weigh it, we can't, but we would say it's real. Today, here's the two gifts that we're going to discover in the scriptures. In fact, I want you to notice what you notice as I read Isaiah 9 this morning, but I, it's a spoiler alert right now. It's the gift of joy and the gift of freedom. Who wouldn't want more joy in their life this Christmas? And who wouldn't want more freedom in their life? We're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, if you brought your Bible, open it up to Isaiah chapter 9. But just again, we'll look back at 8. Last week, we talked about really the darkness of what was happening in uh, the people of God, the people of Israel. They were being invaded by, or the threat of being invaded by Assyria, the Assyrian army. And so, as you could imagine, the fear that was crippling them, that was overwhelming them, uh, but it wasn't just that outside uh, uh, forces that were threatening them. Spiritually, their hearts had grown hard, defiant, rebellious, indifferent. They were seeking astrologers and spiritual mediums, and they were turning away from God and looking for their resources, their spiritual resources on earth. And they were spiritually bankrupt. They were empty. And their life had become dark. And that's where we read at the beginning of, if you have a, a Bible, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. I hope that's what we have on the screen. Uh, if we don't, well, we'll figure it out. Isaiah chapter 9, nevertheless, that time of darkness, I'm in verse 1. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. I wanted to start there. That's a word of hope. And people of God, we've come into this place this morning. There's not a person in here that doesn't need more hope in our lives. And God's word and God's son, the Messiah, that Isaiah is talking about in this passage gives us this word of hope that we can walk out of this place different than we walked in with more joy, more freedom, more love, more peace. And so he goes on to say, I'm going to skip down in Isaiah 9. It says in verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light might shine. No, a light will shine. I love that. And then here we go, beginning in verse 3 now. 
Isaiah says about God, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You'll break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. We find that in Judges chapter 7. The boots of the warrior, the uniforms, blood stained by war, will all be burned. There'll be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. We're going to talk about these verses this morning. The two gifts from God for everybody this Christmas. First is the gift of freedom. You can see the language here that Isaiah talks, or did I say freedom? The first is the gift of joy. Listen to this language over and over. That word rejoice, it's mentioned three times in verse three. You'll enlarge the nation of Israel. Its people will rejoice. They'll rejoice before you uh, as people rejoice at the harvest. I just, he's, Isaiah is reminding us, and he's reminding the people back then that there is joy when we trust God. There is joy that is coming when we align our hearts and our lives with God and his ways. He's telling them this light that comes into the world, he is going to bring a joy that's indescribable. He's gonna bring a joy that uh, is a byproduct of his presence. How many of you uh, read Ann Voskamp? I know my wife does. She's a big fan of Ann Voskamp. Uh, she's written several books. She has a quote that uh, just caught my attention this week. She says this about joy. Being joyful isn't what makes you grateful. Being grateful is what makes you joyful. Just kind of flips that upside down. Isn't that true? That when we are grateful, and I'm going to guess, how many of you like, it's a, it's a spiritual practice. It's proven you'll Experience more joy if every day you just write down three to five things that you're really thankful or grateful for. Like that's a spiritual practice that helps us reframe whatever is happening in our lives. It reminds us we have so much to be thankful and grateful for because of who God is and what he's doing in and around our lives. And that fills us with joy. But I'm going to guess that some of you came this morning and you're like, not a lot of joy happening in my life right now. So my question to all of us is, what is stealing your joy? What is stealing your joy? I remember Warren Wearsby. He's a biblical scholar, but gosh, this was many, many years ago uh, in a Bible study that I was in in college with a guy named Andy Clifford and uh, out in Berkeley. And I'll never forget, it's funny what sticks with you, but Warren Wearsby talked about joy robbers or joy stealers. And uh, he had a few things he listed, but I, I'm curious, what would that be for you? If you were just, close your eyes just for a moment. What's robbing you of joy? Is it people? 
Maybe there's someone in your life that's robbing you of joy. Maybe you have an ex that's making your life miserable. Maybe you have an over-controlling friend that you just, it's like, oh my gosh, they're suffocating me. Maybe it's adult children that are irresponsible and you're like, oh my gosh, I raised these kids so I kind of got to look in the mirror a little bit and then they're not turning out the way I wanted them to and it's robbing me of joy. Or what about just having the wrong attitude? Maybe, maybe you're in this place, you're like, it's that attitude of scarcity rather than abundance. That's something you choose and it's robbing you of joy. Maybe it's a critical spirit. Maybe it's uh, just overwhelmed with fear. I'll tell you, a huge joy stealer is, is comparison. Comparison with other people, what they have, how they're doing, how we measure success, body image. All of these things can rob us of joy. And then a third one I listed is people, attitude, and worry. Worry about failing, about losing control, about the political climate, about the future of the church, about dot, dot, dot. What creates anxiety and worry for you? But I want to remind us this morning, let's not focus on those things that steal our joy. Let's remember the source of joy. The source of joy is not Argentina winning the World Cup. Now, we're going to be, those, those that are pulling for our, that, that's cool. And, and you're going to be happy for a while. And even those players are going to be happy for a while. But they're going to wake up. I guarantee you they're going to wake up one day and go, I achieved my, like my life goal and I'm 19 years old or I'm 23 years old. And is that all there is to this life? Is there more to this life or is that it? People that have won the Super Bowl, that is their reflection. I thought this is the thing I got to have in my life and I achieved it at 25 and then I'm like, now what? And there's kind of an emptiness. Our joy, according to God's word, it comes from God. It comes from God. Let me remind us, here's three verses I want to give you this morning. Psalm 16, 11. I was sharing this with a friend. He goes, dude, I got that underline and start in my Bible. It's one of my life verses. I'm like, I love that. Psalm 16, 11 says, the psalmist is praying, you, talking about God, you make known to me the path of life. I'm going to just stop right there. Would you say that's true for you? Do you look to God? to know the right path to live on how to make decisions, what, what create your morals, what creates right and wrong for you. Do you look to God, the psalmist in God's way says, you make known to me the path of life. And then the second part, you will fill me with joy in your presence. God is the one who fills you and me with joy when we become aware of his presence. And the Bible teaches he's here right now. We are in his presence. He is with us. In fact, scripture says he will never leave you nor forsake you. So he's always with you and me, but we forget. We're not aware of his presence and that robs us of our joy. So if we want to experience more joy, let's become more aware of his presence. Jesus, John 15 Verse 11, he said this, 
He said, I've told you this. What's this? What has he just told them? Well, you don't know because you don't have the content. He's just told them how important it is that we and those disciples abide or remain or stay connected to him. He's saying, if you'll stay connected to me, if relationally we, 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 we stay connected, you're going to bear fruit in your life. And he says, I've told you this. Why? So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Do you want to experience joy? It's not out there. It's up here. It's staying connected with this relationship. And this relationship affects all of this and affects what's happening in here. And then Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 15, he gives this blessing at the end, Romans 15, verse 13, he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you trust in him. God is the source of all joy. But we got to trust him. We got to abide or stay connected to him, remain in him. We have to become more and more aware of his presence. Close your eyes right now and just whisper this prayer. God, right here, right now, I'm aware of your presence. Today, I pray you'd fill me with the joy, the joy that comes from you. Amen. Here's the second gift. It's the gift of freedom. Did you listen? Did you notice the language? Verse 4, you'll break the yoke of their slavery. You'll lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You'll break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. It just goes on, free from enemies, free from slavery, free from burdens that weigh you down. And that's the difference that God can make in our lives right here this morning. God wants to make a difference. It's not just some, let's just kind of be aware of God and kind of yawn and kind of go through the motions and walk out of here and go, whatever, okay, what do you want to have for lunch and who's on football today? But what we're talking about could actually change your life and my life, and it has. And I'm praying that it will continue to change my life and your life. It's just so powerful. Look at uh, Psalm 118. The psalmist writes this in verses five and six. In my distress, raise your hand if in the last year you've had a little distress in your life. Just raise your hand. Okay, three of us. No, raise your hand. <laughs> I'm kidding. So now listen to these words. Let, let, let the psalmist coach you right now. In my distress, I pray to the Lord. Stop there. What do you do when you're distressed? Where do you turn when you're distressed? The psalmist says, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. And just underline that if you brought your Bible. He set me free. And then that next phrase in verse 6, the Lord is for who? For me, for you, the Lord is for me. So I will have no fear. And some of us need to be set free today from our fears. He talks about being set free from fear. Fear can cripple us, fear of the future. 
fear about our children and how they're turning out or not turning out, fear about the economy. I mean, I just read this article in The Independent this week that talks about how high rent is for a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment in this town, and it blew my mind. I'm just like, how do young people live in this town? I mean, it's like, and, and some of you are going, yeah. Some of my staff are going, yeah, pay me more, you know. <laughs> but this fear of how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? Some of you are, are carrying a weight of fear even about this coming week. Family coming into town, or you're going to go spend time with that family member, and it's clunky, it's awkward, it's hard, it's uncomfortable, it's... But we all need to be set free from something. Some of you, it's the guilt of your past. You're carrying the weight of decisions you've made, and you just can't seem to... It's just a weight that you're carrying... For others, it's, it's freedom from bitterness, walking around with a chip on your shoulder or resentments toward somebody, and it's, it's got you locked up. And this Christmas, I, I want, I pray you experience the gift of freedom from that bitterness, from that resentment, from that guilt. And we could go on and on and on and talk about the different kinds of ways that we need to be set free in our life. But I don't want you to miss this. Jesus came to set us free from those things, but he also came to set us free for something more. Have you considered that? It's not just about me. I'm, you know, it's kind of consumer Christianity. Jesus set me free from my guilt, from my bitterness. That's great. And... Guess what? That's not the end of your story. God's writing a story in your life, and he's setting you free from in order to set you free for serving others, for the sake of others, for living beyond yourself. Jesus said, the Son of Man, he described himself, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life, to sacrifice his life as a ransom for many. The whole point of experience freedom from is then to grow in our faith. So we move from consumer to contributor. From I come for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and I sit in the same seat in church. I've been going to church all my life, and I've never served I've never served the poor. I've never served children. I've never come early and helped with setup team. I've never said, hey, use me. How, I've never led a small group. I've never, I mean, we could just kind of go down the list. I was that Christian until somebody got in my life close enough and said, it's all about you. And that's not what the Christian faith or life is about. It's actually about living beyond yourself, John. And I wonder if there's somebody here this morning that is hearing this for the first time and going, wow, maybe, maybe that's me. You've been set free for so much more to make a difference. Not just in your own kid's life, that's great, but for the people around you, your brothers and sisters here. 
And for some of you, you're going, well, I, I, I just so weighed down, man. I, I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. Like, I don't have any bandwidth. I don't have any capacity. Easy for you to say you're an empty nester. I read a story this week that just kind of was like, mm. you know, sometimes you read a story and you're like, I, I needed to hear that, but I, did, I don't want to hear that. You ever, you ever had that? I want to... I want to remind us of this story, and it, it really comes from verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and then this phrase, the government will rest on his shoulders. You ever wondered, you know, you hear that every Advent, every, it's like the government will rest on his shoulders. What does that mean? What's he talking about? And of course, we think of future when Jesus ushers in his kingdom at the end of the age, that he's going to be the ruler, the king. But I love the insight of this writer this week that said, it actually means something like this. The weight of the world, the weight of the world will be on his shoulders. The weight of the world that you're carrying will be on his shoulders. And for those of us who feel like we're carrying the weight of the world this morning on our shoulders, Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's on my shoulders. Let me carry that weight. Let me set you free from that weight so you can now serve others. And so there's this story of this guy he took a job at the YMCA as the executive director outside of, I think it was Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. And uh, he walks into this leadership role uh, at the YMCA, and it's one of those jobs where he's been brought in to, to kind of rebuild or revitalize it. I mean, they're losing money, they're losing membership. Uh, the facilities are, are tired and worn down. That, the facilities need to be kind of renewed or rebuilt up. And and he's doing everything he can. He's working 80-hour weeks. He's trying to really turn the YMCA around, and he is just feeling the weight of the world. And maybe some of you know what that's like in work. If you're a small business owner, if you're running a church, if you're running whatever it is, you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders and you work harder and you work harder and you're stressed out and you're trying to pump people up and you're trying to hire good people and you're dot, 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 trying to recruit volunteers. And that's this guy, George, in this story that I read about this week. He's overwhelmed. He's stressed out. He can't sleep at night. So what does he do? He goes to a counselor, goes and sees a psychologist the psychologist warned him said you're on the verge of either a breakdown or burnout and something has to change and so George grabbed a journal that week I think on Saturday morning if I read the story correctly and he went just for a little walk a hike in the woods and he sat down under a tree and he said, he said to himself, I'm going to write God a letter. I'm going to just pour out onto this journal. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I need a breakthrough in my life. And so he decides in this letter to let go of the burdens of his life. And he simply said this, dear God, today, 
I hereby resign as general manager of the universe. Love, George. Let me say that line again, because some of us need to hear it. Dear God, today, I hereby resign as general manager of the universe. Love, George. And the article said, and guess what happened? George reflecting. He said, guess what happened? God accepted my resignation. God accepted my resignation. And I just think there are many of us here this morning who need to do what George did. We need to resign as the general manager of the universe and stop trying to fix everything and everybody. Let me say that again. To stop trying to fix everything and everybody that we live with, that we work with, that we go to church with. So my question as we close this morning is, what is weighing you down that you need to resign from? Are you weighed down from trying to fix your kids or your spouse or your siblings or your parents or your roommates or your friends or that annoying next door neighbor? Are you overwhelmed from trying to repair the broken people, the messed up situations around you, believing the lie that you're the only one who can do it? God is here this morning willing to accept your resignation letter. Let him be God of the universe and of your world. And so here's the good news of great joy for all people. This Christmas, we celebrate the baby in the manger who is, as Isaiah reminds us, he's the light that is coming into the world. He's Christ the Lord, and he came to give us every one of us, joy, and to set every one of us free, free from the terrible burden of trying to run the universe and free for living beyond ourselves for the sake of others. He can carry the weight of all of your problems for the government will be on his shoulders. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, man, after preaching to myself for the last 25, 30 minutes, I'm ready to resign. Uh, general manager of the universe, how about you? If you're willing to do that, would you just bow your head, close your eyes, open your palms as a sign of resignation and surrender? And let me lead us in a prayer. Let me pray for you. Father, you know every heart in this room. You know the burdens that we're carrying. You know the weight of the world that we're carrying. You know the, the thieves that are robbing us of joy, that we're fixated on, that are robbing us of freedom and joy. And right here, right now, we are going to obey your word. First Peter 5 says, cast all of your worries and cares on God, for he cares for you. And so right here, right now, we resign. We cast all of these things that are just crushing us, that are weighing on us, and we give them to you.
and we put you on the throne of the universe and we say, God, that's your job. It's not mine. My job is to stay connected to you. My job is to cry out to you and pray to you and be your friend and, and be your follower. And so today, I commit myself to remain, to abide, to trust in you, Jesus, the light of the world. I pray that you would shine your light in me and in us right here, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't think of a better way to seal that prayer in our hearts. Let's stand and we're going to sing a chorus familiar to some of you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's sing this together. There's nothing like being personally prayed over. Now, we can sit in a seat, and, and that's part of the spiritual life. But, you know, uh, I've experienced the grace of God in powerful ways when I've come down forward and had a, guy, have, had a guy like Dan McManus just put his hands on my shoulders when the weight of the world was on my shoulders. And I just want to invite you right here right now, there are maybe a handful of you, I don't know, maybe many of you, that, that before you go out, you need to come down. We have a prayer team that are available to, to pray a personal prayer of blessing over you and to trust God with you. Some of you are saying, I want to trust him, but man, what I'm walking out into, I'm just filled with fear, filled with that crushing weight. And uh, the good news of Christmas is he wants to return that sparkle to your eye, that joy, that skip in your step where your heart is exploding with joy because of his presence in your life. So I want to invite you to come and, and uh, receive the gift of personal prayer. That's why we have our prayer team up here. And then we're going to head out, those of us that uh, after you get prayer, if you're just going to go back out, we have uh, artists, creative artists, and it could be a lot of different works of art. And so the local artisans of our community are actually, they got their stuff out there uh, that we get to buy as Christmas gifts to support the local artists in our community. If that's something that you want to do, uh, what a great way to bless them. They brought all their stuff and set it all up. So go buy some stocking stuffers and uh, any last-minute Christmas presents. 
Let me, let me send this out. God is good all the time. He is better and he is bigger than you think. God bless you. We'll see you Christmas Eve. Uh, make sure you invite your family and friends to join us. It's going to be a beautiful evening. It's supposed to be uh, 72 and clear on Saturday night. So still bring a jacket, but uh, have a great week and uh, come for prayer. Come for prayer.